Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm speaking with state climatologist Luigi Romolo. Hey, Luigi. Hi, Emily. Well, we had such severe storms Sunday night. I was awakened a lot. So uh, can you tell us what happened? Yeah, so it was just uh, a, a recipe, a, a well-laid recipe for really strong thunderstorms. We had a lot of moisture in the air. It was warm. Um, we had cold air aloft and um, just a perfect recipe for the growth of really tall uh, cumulonimbus clouds. So the I think we've talked about thunderstorms in the past, and these uh, cumulonimbus clouds are uh, vertically extended. So they um, they they form uh, the 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 lower part of the cloud is actually pretty close to the surface. Uh, anywhere from, you know, a 1,000 to 2,000 feet, and they can extend up to 40, 45,000 feet or even higher in the atmosphere. And uh, because of uh, everything that was set up when I talked about the moisture in the air and the warmth, um, it just uh, allowed for these clouds to really grow vertically. And the the more vertical they are, the more energized they seem to be in terms of uh, the electricity uh, so we had, you know, just a feast for the eyes with the lightning. Um, and, of course, lightning is uh, uh, related to thunder. Thunder is the sound of, of the air breaking the sound barrier when uh, the discharge is, is uh, released in, in, the, in, the, in the cloud. And so we had some really loud pops. I was at Cub Foods um, around... I guess it was probably around 9 p.m., and there was a crack so loud it set off alarms in the store. <laughs> and um, yeah, the, I, mean, I was used to ha hearing those kind of cracks um, in, in, in thunder when I lived in Louisiana. Okay. Um, but this was just... This was just uh, unreal for Minnesota. It was just great. And then um, <laughs> we also had a, a significant amount of rainfall. Most of the metro saw anywhere between um, an inch and two inches. But uh, just uh, between Minnetonka and Chaska there, we got uh, a, a few Kokora stations that reported four and a half inches of rainfall. And um, more significantly, um, golf size uh, golf ball size hail, uh, in Carver County. Uh, there was hail all over the metro. Um, we had pea sized hail, uh, here in Bloomington, or at least in the bloom, part of Bloomington that I'm in. Um, and we even had, um, tennis ball sized hail in Victoria. So, I mean, it was, yeah. And so when you think about, uh, Hail, which usually falls at a, at a speed of approximately anywhere from 25 to 45 miles an hour, even stronger if it's caught in the downdraft, um, it can do some damage. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see uh, some insurance claims over the next few days with uh, roof damage and damage to cars and, um, and hail. We don't get too many hailstorms like this, uh, but uh, when they do, they're significant. How does the hail even form? 
Okay, yeah, great question. So we talked about the vertical vertical extent of these cumulonimbus clouds, and as we as we've talked about before, uh, as you go up in the atmosphere with increased elevation, the temperature decreases, and because these clouds can extend to altitudes of over forty thousand feet, you're going to get to a point where the temperature is below zero and uh, zero Celsius or below freezing. Um, or 32 Fahrenheit. And so, um, and a thunderstorm is really a perfect engine. It has an updraft, which is the fuel, and a downdraft, which is the exhaust. And air pushes up through the updraft and it pushes these water droplets in the cloud up above the freeze line, up above where it's actually below freezing. And so what can happen is these water droplets can either freeze in the area above the freeze line become a little ice particle, or they can collide with other ice particles above the freeze line to create a larger ice particle. And um, and so these water droplets and ice particles might actually get pushed below the freeze line um, by the downdraft and then back up by the updraft, and they kind of move around in the thunderstorm, not unlike the, the balls in the Powerball machine. They, you know, they're just going all over the place. And um, as these cycles uh, continue, the, the ice will, will, will continue to grow larger and larger and larger, um, and it'll reach a point to where um, gravity can, uh, overtakes the updraft and it falls to the ground. Um, that can also happen uh, near the dissipation of the storm when the updraft weakens, but it's usually a case where the the ice is just too heavy for the updraft to keep it in the cloud, and it just starts to fall as hail. And if you actually pick up one of these hailstones, um, the bigger the better. Obviously, um, golf size, golf ball size hail or larger. If you cut it, you can actually see layers of, oh, really? of ice. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I want to say with caution when you're cutting a a, um, a hailstone, be careful because. It is dangerous. Uh, the the knife can slip on you, or the hailstone can slip out of your hand because it's melting while you're holding it. So, um, but it's it's very interesting if you can if you can actually slice slice one in half and see see the different layers of uh, you know the the water droplets moving up and below above and below the freeze line and gaining more ice uh, in the process of it just bouncing around in the cloud. That's crazy. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> that storm took some trees down and their branches down in my uh, neighborhood, you know, bigger than uh, normal. And so that's a very unfortunate thing. And I, I'm glad that as far as we know, no one was seriously injured, but it's it was just really a, a wonderful show. So do you get out like, do you like pop popcorn and just park yourself in front of the window and watch when these things happen? Yeah, typically when they occur earlier in the day, I will. Um, when they're that late at night, because um, I think some of the best stuff occurred later at night and early, early, early in the morning. Um, you know, two, three in the morning, and um, unfortunately, I need to be asleep at yeah. that time. Or, <laughs> uh, but there, there are times when um, uh, I did wake up and look out the window because I was hearing some stuff that was causing um, some concern, just uh, strong winds and always want to be on the air on the side of caution and, and always be sure I'm um, looking out for my family. 
Yeah, no kidding. And winds up to 60 miles per hour even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some, uh, and these are the, the, the downdraft of the, of the storm, um, pushes down towards the ground. And as it, uh, hits the ground, it, it moves out laterally. And those are called outflow winds. And then, um, you can get gusts in the downdraft just like you do in regular wind. And they can cause some serious, uh, damage. Um, um, in fact, uh, it's not uncommon for, for trees to get blown down, for windows to get broken on cars, stuff like that. Uh, how are outflow winds different than straight line winds, or are those synonymous? They're they're pretty much synonymous, um, but straight line winds, uh, when um, concentrated, um, can produce something called a derecho, and that that's oh, a that's sep- right. yeah. So that's a separate. Um, weather phenomenon that is the result of straight line winds we i don't think we had any derechos overnight although i will have to double check because we did have some pretty strong winds as you mentioned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wow my goodness luigi well what do you want to say about the week ahead uh the week ahead's not looking too bad uh we we have um some some cloud and um and and such on tuesday um um, or leading into Tuesday, but Tuesday itself, we're looking pretty good. And then a little bit of chance of, of rain throughout the rest of the week. So we might, we might get another show this weekend again. Oh, interesting. Okay, good. Well, if we do, I know who I'll want to talk about it the most. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, thanks so much. State climatologist Luigi Romolo, I'll have you on next week. Sounds great.